podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Friday forecast from the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav. Uh, Grizz was said he before or five minutes late and he's 12 minutes late and we're just going to leave him wherever he's late. We're just going to leave him. And um, if he manages to catch up with time, like Michael J. Fox um, about 35 years ago, he will be here. Uh, with me, of course, is Arsenal fan, uh, Turkish. Turkish, how are you, my man? I'm good, Gav. How are you? I'm very, very, very good. I'm very frustrated at Grizz because I know somewhere in London he's banging on a laptop asking it like literally talking to it, asking it to walk which is um highly amusing and somewhat frustrating <laughs> but we've got we it is what it is joe from all leads tv joe how are you my man good man thanks for having me back man i really enjoy this on a on a friday mm. evening so thanks for having me no problem at all no problem at all so um for people that didn't see this show last week and was that the first week i might have been the first week or the second week of it well this this is the second or third week of it and um, there's that many shows i can't keep up this show is about your Premier League football for the weekend. We're going to touch on most of the fixtures. Uh, Burnley and Southampton have lost out this week. They're not getting a mention apart from now. But we're going to have a look at all the fixtures. We're going to have a little chat about the teams, how they've started, what they have, what they may need and stuff like that. And of course, with Joe being on and with Turkish being on, Leeds and Sheffield United will get a good chat. Uh, of course, Arsenal, Liverpool game will get a good chat. And there's a good few ones in there as well. Turkish, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to start with the fixture of Crystal Palace and Everton, because both teams have 100% records. Palace beat yeah. Southampton on the opening day, and then went to Old Trafford and beat Manchester United. Everton have beaten Spurs and West Brom. Can you see a surprise package from either of these? Everton is probably the one that would be a more of yeah. a surprise package, but have you been impressed with the way they've started? Definitely, definitely. Um, I think it's expected as well. I think slowly, slowly over the past year, they've been getting things right. Um, and that's what it's all about, getting things right at the right time. I think Angelotti was a massive appointment and that massive appointment has brought in some names and in comparison to Everton, they, they are some massive names in James Rodriguez, Richarlison, for example. Um, on top of that, you've got Alan Decore. They've made some solid acquisitions over the summer. Um, as far as a threat, I think for the top six, um, they are a threat. For the top four, it's so competitive in, in there. Um, that I don't think they'll have enough, but they are going in the right direction. Yeah, I, th- I think the air and I think the pull of Ancelotti is huge. You know, it, the aren't signing James Rodriguez if, if uh, Ancelotti isn't there. I think Alan is a very good signing for Everton. Um, I think Decore is a very good signing for Everton. The show we were on last night, a couple of Arsenal fans mentioned Decore would have been a good signing for Arsenal. But having said that, the, the talk coming out tonight is that. Uh, 
hour of Leon has agreed terms with Arsenal and that could be a transfer that happens. So that'll bring a smile to your face, Turkish, because people are asking, who do you support? Of course it is Arsenal. Um, Joe, with this one, you know, when you look at, when you look at uh, Sheffield United, uh, not Sheffield United, when you look at Crystal Palace, they have this knack of winning a couple of games in a row, then losing a couple of games in a row. And that, that kind of goes on throughout the season and they end up in around 14 place and that's what happens. Mm. Everton, of course, the size of the club looked, have to look this season to break out of what was a poor season last season and at least push for, you know, a, a Europa League spot. What have you made of what have you made of a Palace to start and B the signings of Everton have made so far? Um, I agree with you in, in in regards to you know um, uh, Palace. It's Roy Hodgson, right? I can't see them doing much this season. I think they've they've troubled Man United over the last few games. Uh, I believe you know what I mean, and I think they caught Man United a little bit bit cold. If I'm totally honest, uh, Roy Hodgson set them up perfectly. I just don't think uh, Crystal Palace. If I look at the individuals, apart from Zaha, you know they, they've got players like Andros Townsend and stuff like that I don't think they're they're really going to do much and and like you said you know they'll languish about you know 13th 14th I think I'm more more on the Everton hype you know I'm I think James Rodriguez has looked special in in each game, you know, just pinging that ball over Richarlison looks really good as well Um, and and, and Calvert-Lewin I mean He's been unreal. He's been uh, unreal. I mean, he got a hat trick, um, I believe, last time out. Right against uh, was it West Brom? Yeah, um, it was it? Yeah, um, I think they look really good. And like you say, Alan in there, um, which was for me a, quite a shock when they signed him. You know, from from Napoli, he's a top player. Um, but like you've mentioned, you know, Carlo Ancelotti that effect and, and being able to bring these individuals in, um, they have to be definitely looking at, at Europe. And like you say, and not only they've got 100% start and only two two games in, but they've looked good doing it as well. Do you know what I mean? They've not just like, I look at Palace and think more so Man United were pretty gash um, and and Solskjaer, Solskjaer, you know what I mean? And it was their first game uh, for Man United. But I think, um, I look at Evan and I think they've looked good as well while, whilst picking up the results, man. I'm, I'm excited for what how their season goes. And if I was an Everton fan, I'd be absolutely pumped with the business that's been done, man. I think they've, they've had a great window, to be fair. Yeah, you know, pe- people laugh at Everton and, and no more so than Liverpool fans. But I think, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I always reference the uh, Across the Park podcast. That's three reds and three blues um, from Liverpool. And they talk about, their, uh, you know, Liverpool and, and, and Everton from from both sides of the city. And and the Everton fans last season, although it was extremely frustrating, kept pointing out what they needed. And they kept pointing out that midfield was a huge problem. Uh, centre-half was a problem and goalkeeper was a problem. Now, the goalkeeper and centre-half situation doesn't look like it's changed for them. But in midfield, what they've done, and I think it's, it's going to work for them, is they've signed Alan. Now, Alan isn't going to be spraying passes all over pitches, but he will break things down. He will win the ball and then he will, you know, distribute a two the more creative players, you know, um, Andre Gomez being one of those who, who in my opinions look very comfortable in this system because when you have Alan, oh, look who it is. Look, look at this. Um, and there's Grizz. Don't try and mute yourself, Grizz, and stop praying to whatever Lord you're trying to pray to there. Um, but, 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 but the thing about Alan is, and, and this mix with Alan there, you have a sitting midfielder that breaks things up and, He's a 20-yard merchant, past the 20 yards. It might be forward, it might be diagonally, it might be sideways, it might be backwards, but he keeps the ball. Andre Gomez, 
hasn't got all the emphasis on him to be the only creator in an Everton team, so he's comfortable. And Theo Corey will get up and down the pitch. So it's a perfect mix. The thing about James Rodriguez is, though, we've seen a great stat. He d- he didn't sprint once against West Brom. Mm. Not one sprint. I've seen that, he did yeah. not sprint once. Now, I don't know what constitutes a sprint, but I presume it's moving <laughs> your legs fr- at some sort of rate um, to make to make it, you know, be a sprint. But to not sprint once in what was probably 80 minutes of, of Premier League football is absolutely off the wall. Um, but look, Everton Palace I I think it's 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 one of those games early in the season that you're not too sure where it'll go but I think Palace they'll, they'll win a couple they'll lose a couple as I said I think it could be huge for Everton though you know three wins on the bounce to start and they they, they could really look look upwards in, in this league and I know it's early doors but I'll get quick predictions off you I'm only going to let Chris just do a prediction on this because he's late and that's his punishment and I think that's fairly fair um, so Grizz, give us a prediction for Crystal Palace v Everton, please. Um, I'm going to go for 1-1 one, one in this one. 1-1. One, one. Yes. I think that might be a popular prediction um, in the chat. Anyway, Turkish, what's your prediction on this? I, I just think Everton are going to have too much for Palace. I think 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Okay. So, uh, Liam, uh, surprisingly, has come in here with 3-1 to Crystal Palace. A lot of people mentioned that Crystal Palace are very, very good on the break, and that is fair. And while we talk about... Calvert Leon and Richarlison and and and, these, and James Rodriguez, um, you know Zaha has started off absolutely on fire for Palace this season as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Joe, what are you going for? A two-one Everton, mate. Like like Turkey should I, I just think they'll have too much for for Palace. Okay, uh, Courtney Neary, friend of ours, uh, has two-one to Palace. Liverpool fan, massive Liverpool fan. So uh, I know where she's going with that. Uh, Red Steve says two one to the Everton. Uh, Kevin Sullivan has two one to Palace. Um, and the forty year old Virgil, great name by the way. Uh, Palace win. <laughs> he just has Palace win. He's not. He's not gonna. He's, he's not going to um, give us a scoreline. Ollie says hit the like button. Yeah, listen, hit the like button. Uh, share this around. We've done a tweet. It's gone out onto our timeline. If you see it, um, retweet it, and we get as many people in here as possible, and get as many predictions as we can as the night goes on. Grace, I'm going to let you talk. Hello. Does that sound nice cool man you know what even if you just make me sit in the corner and just sit mm. here and just listen to you man I'd accept that apologies yep. apologies yeah man. but no but nobody um, puts Grizz in the corner no no you can you can you only you can because you're a big boss man you can so people, <laughs> pe- pe- people don't know people don't know why I call you Napoleon you know off mm. screen so yeah you know they're going to get to know this man is uh, Napoleon guys I'm telling you you're playing that card very well because I know why you call me that and it's definitely not down to the reason you're trying to tell these people. So um, that's actually true. By the way, by the way, the reason you call me that is actually incorrect and I will get you the reason because um, I, re- I read about this only a couple of weeks ago and it made me laugh. But listen, we'll move on. Um, enough about me and Grizz and um, our love life. Um Brighton against Manchester United. Brighton have started the season very well. Um, didn't they go to Newcastle and win three 0 quite handy? They may have. I think they may have. Do they have six points as well, or they may have. They may have four. Oh, and they got sure. beat by Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah, so they good. They, though, did. But they, they got did. beat by they Chelsea. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they, they did look quite good. They went and they were very impressive away to Newcastle. I have to say, Manchester United, of course, are a week behind, and I think that's fair to say. You know, they're a week behind everyone, and it might take them a couple of weeks to get going. But this one is an interesting one for me because if I remember right, United went on one handy there after the after the lockdown um, at the Amex at the back end of last season, and it was one of those games where you know United look in form and you thought they'd bring it into the new season. But Turkish, you know, they brought in Donny Van der Beek and. 
nothing else. Yeah. Would you be concerned as a Manchester United fan? Although they have got very good quality in their squad, it has to be said. You know, you can argue over the owners and, and the manager, but in their squad, I think they've, they've very good quality. You know, overall, yeah. would you be worried though if? Would you be worried if they got the next week or, the, or the, whatever the sixth of October and Danny Van der Beek was was their main signer? As a United fan, I would be worried. I mean, I don't. There's no issue with Donny Van der Beek being your main signing. I think Donny Van der Beek is a is a great player and will will Agreed. become a great player if you don't think so. Um, but I do think they're not addressing the areas of concern. And um, I'm an Arsenal fan. We've done that so often in the past that I can relate in that sense. I mean, they need an enforcer slash someone that can break it up in the middle. You know, they could have done with potentially an Allen. They could have done with potentially a Partey who were heavily linked with an Ndidi type of player um, that could release Pogba a bit more, Fernandez a bit more, and you get that creativity. They've needed a left-back for a couple of seasons now. This, the United we've become accustomed to over the last decade and, and more would get the players they want. That seems to have been changing now. I mean, mismanagement of contracts over the years, mismanagement of transfer fees over the years, it's coming back to bite them now. And I feel like as a United fan, I would be concerned because... It's, it's a similar problem to Arsenal's, but on a greater scale. They've got massive wage problems and, and in the market, um, they're taking advantage of, number one, being an English club and number two, because of the fees they've spent in the past. So, yeah, to answer your question, I would be concerned. Mm. Grizz, the Jaden Sancho um, <laughs> transfer that's been imminent mm. for 10 weeks now. Um, <laughs> I've never seen more imminency in my life. Um, but it's still imminent for the last I checked. Listen, it makes sense in the fact that he's a fantastic player at a, in a, a brilliant age and he's nowhere near his peak. Does it make sense when you look at the squad as a whole, though? Or is this just United throwing more money at something to look good rather than actually be good? Yeah, it's become a, it's become a problem for them, hasn't it? The Sancho. They, they, they can't win now either way. Well, I suppose if they get him, but if even if they get him, is that a win for them? That wipes out their budget, so it seems. And as Turkish says, is that where the issues lie? Would Sancho make any difference to the to the results that they've had? It's not through lack of creativity, you know, or making chances or finishing. They've got the personnel to do that already. All of us sitting here, and we're not top dogs in terms of coaching or whatnot. We could we could tell you what the problems are, Man United. The left back area, the centre back area, the midfield enforcer, like Turkish was saying, the keeper, even even the right back's got questions. He was dropped over the weekend. Yet they're going to spend over a hundred million in this in this in these times. I don't think has anyone apart from Chelsea who are anomaly. No one spent over 40, 50 million, have they? Have the top big big boys or anyone Madrid, Barca, City, even, and they're looking to spend one hundred eight million on a. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to come across bitter because he's a bad boy. He's an absolute baller, but he's not what they need right now, in my opinion. I, don't, I think it's more deeper than that. We've gone into the issues with Man United, like sort of before, haven't we? And I just think it's their manager uh, is a major issue. There's just no coaching of these players. You can see he's got the personnel. I think we'd all love to have a, a Martial in our team or a Rashford in our squad or a Pogba or a Fernandez, we all would, we'd love it. Even Liverpool would love a Bruno Fernandez, you know, in our squad. He's got the personnel, it seems, but he hasn't got a, he hasn't got them playing as a team, as a structure. The other day they played a Crystal Palace that you'd say are basic team in terms of personnel, yet look how structured and 
and tactic here which it they were so easily by a palace roy hodgson who played a basic 4-4-2 oh they didn't have the answers you try and tell me man for man man united even sort of man united off day shouldn't shouldn't be losing to to, to crystal palace like that at home and it's deep. It's, it's, I'm loving it as a Liverpool fan. Carry on. Ole in. Forever, forever. You know, I pray. But, you know, it's it's they're a bit of a yo-yo. They're going to go through like, these stages where a couple of wins and then Ole's at the world and, for, you know, Rio Ferdinand starts tweeting shit. And then, and, then, and then shit happens like that where everyone's going mad again and we want Sancho. Did you see, did you guys see that video yeah. of the fans? <laughs> did you see that, guys? No, yeah, I don't. yeah. No, but that's mad, isn't it? That's, that's <laughs> crazy, man. That's crazy. You don't, you know, big, what was big it? clubs, the opposite. It was just fans. Go on, uh, um, tell them, tell them, what, Joe, tell them. What was, I, I don't know if they were at, but it was just a group of young fans walking along around. We <laughs> want Sancho. When do we want Who him now? Who do we want? What? Sancho. When do we want him now? Like, no way. Over and over and over. This? this is Man United we're talking yeah. about. And, and yeah. 2020 and people are sort of, Going outside the courts demanding for Sancho. That club's a mess, bro. I'm telling you, that club's a mess. A long way to continue. Yeah, yeah. You know, sorry, just to jump in, like obviously, we we do not like that team across the Pennine, so I'm absolutely living for it. Like it's so funny to see because, like you boys have said, even if they bring <laughs> Sancho in, which they're gonna have to pay over the odds for. Because yeah. of the clown in the boardroom's mismanagement, you know they could have got him months ago, but instead they'll end up paying on deadline day way more than they should have done weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? But even him coming in the door does not fix anything. That's why when I seen that video, I was like, I hope they get him because it's not going to change nothing. You know, while Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in charge, nothing's going to change at Man United. It's like Turkish said, you know, as a Championship fan at the time, and I, I do, I do like Arsenal. I liked Arsenal Wenger, and and, and and it was frustrating. Like when you'd say you could, us as just normal fans could see the areas need improving, and then when it doesn't happen, you're like scratching your head, like what's going on? And it, it must be like that for Man United fans right now because everyone knows where where it needs to be improved. But but I'm so happy, like when they got beat, and then people are retweeting the 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 Rio interview when he's going. Get your checkbook out, sign it. How much yeah. do you want? Or where yeah. Gary Neville did the interview with him after the PSG result, and he's like, "How much do you want?" And it's so funny, man. Because, yeah, I, I mean, it could it couldn't happen to a better club. This is could what I'm it? saying, man. And and th- for me, but shall I tell you, the reason why we're so vocal about it from Liverpool point of view, right? The reason why we're so vocal, a because Man United, yeah, mm. and b is because we've been through there. Those those days, we've just come out of the last five, six years. We've come out of that patch where we thought, throw money, quick fix, getting Sunes, ex-player, getting sort of, you know, try a big boy, you know, everything. We tried every tactic under the sun. But until sort of we got new owners in and they understood what the club was about and they understood we need to get one philosophy working from top to bottom, that's the only time we came out of our doldrums. Otherwise, we've been through there and they're doing the same things. They're saying the same things we were saying. We were deluded. We were. Liverpool fans, you know, all we ever talked about was history. Do you know what I mean? We went through that phase. They said making the same mistakes, trying to play. You know, when we bought Collymore, we thought that was the turning point. One one striker, one attacker. That's all we need. Do you know what I mean? Even even going back to Gav, do you remember even when we bought Nigel Clough, we thought this is the one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there were so many. 
There's so, so many. many. You, you can go back. You can go back earlier than that. You can go back to Dean Saunders. You well, can go back to you can go well, back to Paul Stewart from Spurs. You can go back to loads of them. And well, what happens well. is you just you keep buying and you keep telling yourself that the, Paul Ince was the big one. Paul Ince was the well, one where it was the it was the it was the it was the jigsaw finishing piece. Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool were going there. to Liverpool were going. This was ninety seven, like the summer of ninety seven. I think he signed, and it was the missing piece. And Liverpool were going to romp this and romp that, and he didn't. But the thing about United is now, and I've seen United fans say this, and, and you know, I always have a team at the start of the season that intrigued me. Uh, Leicester being it last season, but they deeply let me down, and um, I will never forgive them for it. But uh, Arsenal is probably it this season, but United is not far behind because people have compared, you know, oh, well, look at Ole in his first 18 months. He's a bit like Klopp, and he's got them to finals, and he's this, that, and the other, and, you know, and he's nothing like Klopp because you could you can see Klopp piecing together something. This is not, this isn't, this isn't any sort of thinking. I was going to say this is forward thinking. It's, it's not any sort of thinking. It is. It is. And and we spoke about Arsenal's coherence from manager to to you know sporting director to to the board last night on the football terrace, and it's very similar at United because as much as we laugh at Gary Neville, Gary Neville is consistent on this that the problems start at the top and work their way down. Mm. And remember, you can blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer all you want, but them boys put him there and them boys keep mm. him there. You know the kind of way, but they go into this game. They go in against Brighton, who who again look look good at looked good against Chelsea. In fairness, looked good against uh, Newcastle, uh, who can be quite hit and miss Newcastle. But th- they'll be confident. They'll have another week in their legs, fitness wise. United played a shadow side, I would say, up until the last fifteen minutes or so against Luton in in the cup during the weekend. Didn't look very good, but that's how league cups go. With this one, lads, with United having that extra week in them. You know, Brighton are, are decent, but no home fans there. Joe, what 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 prediction are you going with? Um, I fancy. Is it at the Amex? Did you see? It, it? is at the Amex. Yeah, yeah. That Tariq Lamptey's been unreal, hasn't he? So far this he, season, he's not, he's not he playing. Could... It, I heard. Oh, really? Yeah, I've just seen. He's not 50, playing. Fifty. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, regardless, I'm still going for a Brighton win. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Trossard, yeah, we'll say Trossard. I'm, I'm going to go one nil Brighton. Okay, no worries, <laughs> one nil Brighton. Uh, Turkish, what are you having in this one? Um, I think again, United are going to have too much for Brighton. Three one, three one United. Okay, Grizz. Yeah, I would have gone for a draw, but with without Lamptey being fifty fifty, and they've got their enforcer out as well. Someone's going to remind me in the chat. Is it Bissama? Yeah, Bissuma. Bissuma. He's out as well, and that's massive for a team like Brighton. Yeah. You know, they haven't got they haven't got a squad depth to sort of replace him light for light because he's 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 a monster for them, and he would have proper rattled the likes of Bruno and Pogba. But without without him and without Lamptey, who's on fire, Lamptey is the so far, if you could pick up one player that's lit up the Premier League, it's, it's, it's little Tariq Lamptey, man. He's been sensational. Um, I'm going to have to go with a with a 2-0 Man United after slating and cussing the shit out of them. I'm certainly going to say they're going to win 2-0, but only because those two very important absentees for Brighton and the no fans. Yeah, I'm going to do what I done last week and predict United to win comfortably, um, because it seems to work. And but I, I think I think the points I've made are very are very good. Like you know, if Brighton are missing a couple, United, I think it'd be closer to speed. And although they lost at home to Palace last week, Brighton is the sort of side that United usually go out and be. You know, they're a bit flat track bullish, and they've turned into that. 
And that kind of shows where they are. Because when you're a flat track bully and you don't back it up against the rest, you have issues. But I'm going to go with... I'm going to go 2-0 Manchester United. There's loads of different stuff coming in here. Um, uh, Courtney nearly has Man U 1-0 with a penalty. <laughs> um, they aren't quite on that bush yet, but I'm sure they'll be on it soon. But there's loads of stuff coming in. 3-1 United, 2-2. Two, two, um, you know, there's uh, one-all draw. 2-0 um, to United. There's loads of different stuff coming in. So it's split opinion a little bit, that one, which is which is good to see. But I think I think United might just have a little bit too much. Um, Chelsea. Um won a course against Brighton, who we've just spoken about, and then went out and against Liverpool and where I called Lampard on the show last night a coward and I'm sticking with because for all the, the talk uh, and they've done with, with the money they've spent and all the talk the supporters have done, they came out and quickly realised that they were playing a team in a different league last Sunday. But they play against West Brom this weekend and I think this is the chance for Chelsea to absolutely ignite their season. And what I mean by that is not only win, I think they could win handy and I think you could see a couple of their new boys coming in and, and making a big impression. Uh, I'd have Timo Werner as my triple captain in f- uh, fancy football if I had him in my team, but I don't because I'm not very good at that game. But Joe, I'll come to you first. You know, they have got players to come back, Chelsea. You know, the likes of the likes are come in, Thiago Silva, uh, Ben Chilwell, of course, as uh, Ziyech, isn't it? He's, he's still injured, but I don't know when he's back. You have Werner who started, and he was probably that bright spark against Liverpool, in fairness. Mm. Havertz gets a, a, a hat-trick against Barnsley, I think, in the League Cup during the week. So, Do you see this as a chance? Because I think West Brom are really, really poor. Do you see this as a chance for Chelsea to go out and dominate this game, put three or four goals on the board, and, and put the Liverpool game out of memory and, and look forward to you know, six points out of nine with players to come back? Yeah, yeah I mean, listen... I- you know how I feel about Chelsea and how I feel about Lampard, but I do look at this game and I, I have to uh, agree with you. You know, I was saying earlier on, on on my channel, you know, this game, West Brom just ain't up to it. They're a championship squad operating in the Premier League. They've got maybe Grady Dean Garner, Mateus Pereira doing bits. That's about it. Um, and I just look at Chelsea. Be interesting to see, like, a lot's been made about Havertz' hat-trick away at Barnsley, etc. But it's Barnsley, it's the League Cup, you know. He was brought off at, at half-time, you know, against um, against Liverpool. And um, it, we'll have to see how how, how he how he uses him, you know. Because um, I think that's been a bit of a... Uh, but but then again, we're only three games in, if you count the the the, uh, the Cup. So, so maybe I'm being a little bit... Um, too harsh on Lampard, but um, we'll have to wait and see. But I do agree with you. I think, listen, there could be hatfuls in this for Chelsea if they go by the right way. And I think Havertz, like, uh, not Havertz, sorry, Werner, we could be looking at a hat-trick, if I'm being totally honest, against a, a very poor West Brom side for me. Mm. Dean Murray asks, is Billage on a touchline ban? I think he is. I think yeah, he's, he is, he's yeah. suspended. And, yeah. But having said that, if he's on a touchline ban, is he allowed in the stand? Because no one's there. He could still fucking show up the stand and tell them what to do, you know. I don't know whether it's one of those where he has to stay away and uh, stuff like that. But look, the the comments coming in here, you know, Jonathan Davis has Chelsea 4-0. Flash Gordon has 4-0. Um... Uh, David Walsh says Havertz's quality is just Frank Lampard doesn't have a clue Rajiv has 5-1 to Chelsea Grizz is it a chance for them to ignite their season or could something mad happen here where West Brom scrapes something and and the 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 banter I suppose around Chelsea just comes any up other team, too. Any, any other team well Fulham and West Brom any other team I would have said yeah game on Chelsea they can sort of ruffle Chelsea's feathers like we did because we humbled Chelsea um, I thought I thought he was awful as well as a coach. I thought 
watching after watching Leeds, right? And seeing how Leeds played against us. And you've got no disrespect to Leeds, Joel admit, better players. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you're still playing like West Brom. You know, what are you? You know, you're supposed to be this top coach, uh, sort of the new breed of English coach that's going to go out and sort of show the world that the new English coaches are, are tactically astute and brave and everything, right? But you didn't. You didn't. You let Liverpool play. And if you let Liverpool play, that's what happens. We controlled it from start to finish. But saying all that, they couldn't have picked a lovelier club to play next in West Brom, apart from Fulham, as I said. West Brom, Bilic is a weird one, you know. If you listen to him, yeah, he, he comes across as the wisest man in yeah, football. Right. And, you think you, and you want to listen to him more. He's one of those that you want to get close to and sit at it by his feet and listen to the man talk football because he talks so, you know, he talks like a proper professor of football, like a, you know, like Arsene Wenger used to. You know, you want to just listen to these people talk, talk, talk about football, but he hasn't really, he hasn't really cut as a manager. I don't know what the reason is, you know, I just hope he pulls something out of the bag and, and formulates a plan to sort of hold Chelsea because Chelsea will be hurt after the way we we pretty much embarrassed them for 90 minutes. It was a training session for us. Do you know what I mean? It was boys against men. So I expect them to come out a bit more about them and I expect mm-hmm. them to sort of probably put West Bromwich to the sword, to be honest with you. I hate to say it because, you know, you know me and Chelsea, Gav. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. but, um, but Your second team. Yeah, my second fucking team. Um, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think they're going to come out and I think they're going to come out and smoke West Brom, to be honest with you. Okay, Genie in Liverpool says, smash the like button and uh, Grizz will be on time the next time. They can't say fairer than that. No, it's first yeah, time I'm late, man. First time I'm late. First time I'm late today. There you go. I'm glad you, cl- <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that uh, before I did. Turkish. <laughs> I know it's early in the season, it's the third league game, but is it one of these where Chelsea need to come out and make a little bit of a statement because, you know, if if they go out and don't, even if they win this game and, and, and scrape it, people will start asking questions because that's the, that's the, that's the position they're in now with the, with the money they spent and Lampard's had the year's grace, you know, and now it's, you're Chelsea, you're spending loads of money and we don't care if you're trying to build something. The, the media are going to put massive pressure on you if you don't win and win handsomely. Is it one of those where they need to come out and just put absolutely, as Grizz said, put them to the sword and 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 nearly start their season again? I think so. Yeah, I've, I've I've completely agreed with every single point made by everyone so far regarding them, and and this needs to be a good win and a good performance. There's no doubt about it. I mean, even if you look back at recent history and the managers Chelsea have had. I mean, some of them were pretty successful and ended up getting the sack anyway because of the, the way they was winning or the way they was playing, you know. Uh, the fans at times are potentially the least patient fans out of the top six. Um, they're constantly onto a manager's neck if, if um, things are not looking right. And I think with Lampard now, although he's a Chelsea legend, that might bide some time with the fans. But in terms of media pressure and whatnot, he needs a good he needs a good performance and a good win and he needs his star players or his star signings this summer to to get on the score sheet, you know, get in the game. Barnsley's one thing, you know, and I know this is West Brom, but it is the Premier League. So if you can do it in the Premier League, at least that'll give them the platform to move on. But as an Arsenal fan, long may this, this, this doubt continue about whether Lampard can do it because it's great to see. We've just discussed United as well and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Frank Lampard. I think, in my opinion, 
there's so much pressure on their shoulders that potentially one of those names, if not both, will be on uh, in line to lose their position come Christmas. Just quickly jump in, you know, you mentioned about the media stuff. I found it quite excruciating after the game, watching the media drip-feeding Lampard excuses in them Sky interview. That's what it felt as a fan watching it, you know. He was having his interview and he started saying about, oh, he started giving him answers like, oh, it's because of your team, you know, just gelling and that. And I, and then when it cut to, you've got Rad, uh, Redknapp and uh, Ashley Cole and it just it just felt all a little bit like, I. he's the media's darling, man. He's the media's baby and he'll be given a lot more slack for me. I totally agree with you, Joe. Yeah. And you know what? Another thing that's working in his favour, apart from that, the legend states, and that's fair enough, every club legend will get time as a manager. It happens for all of us, works for all of us. But you know, the absence of a crowd, I think it's mm. it's worked in it because he would not be allowed to play like that if, if there was a full house at Stamford Bridge and you're playing like 10 men behind the ball. They would be booing, they would be, and he's playing, and he's playing for that. You know, the, 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 the amount of times that he's got away with shit, it's unbelievable. I totally agree with you. He is a media mm. darling, but he's he's got another life in terms of there's not going to be no fans at Stanford Fridge for what? No fans in any grounds, but you know, to play like that at home, any other big club, look how much we cuss Man United when they played like that sort of at home, you know, but at least Man United tried to attack teams, right? Even Leeds, you know, even Arsenal, right? But, you know, the way they played after sort of the hype and the talk all week, all summer, actually, you know, they're the big boys in town. They Roman Ramirez got love for the club again, buying players. And then they played like that. I think the crowd, the absence of crowd worked for him. He's a lucky, lucky manager. Mm. Um, having said all that, uh, Chelsea will win 3-0 at the weekend, um, according, <laughs> according to me. Um, and if, if you're a betting man or woman, don't go on to put that bet on because I'm appalling at uh, <laughs> predicting uh, scorelines. But I think Chelsea will win 3-0. Uh, Turkish, what are you having on this one? I'm going 4-0. Oh, nice. Nice. I won't get most Reverse of Reverse psychology, I like Brilliant. that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're all for that. Uh, Joe, what are you having? Yeah, I give them stick, but I think they'll have too like far too much. I think it'll be four as well. To be fair, okay, um, Grizz. Yeah, three now. Three now. Okay, <laughs> I tell you something. Uh, I, 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 do you know something? There'd be nothing better if they drew one all, and we'd all look like idiots. But we'd have a great time talking about Frank Lampard <laughs> and 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 Jeff Shree is trying to drift freedom something else. It'd have to be an intervening yeah. strip, I think, um, if that happens. But we'll move on now. Two curious clubs, Spurs and Newcastle. Spurs were appalling against Everton. Um, looked like they couldn't run. Looked like they were just their legs were gone. You know, Newcastle uh, started with a win against West Ham, which is not saying much considering it's West Ham. But then they get beaten by Brighton, and Spurs go and have a, com- a great comeback win. Uh, Son is just scoring goals for the crack um, against Southampton. This one, though, for me, I think it has Spurs written all over it. I think. I, I don't think Jose is going to let them forget that opening of the day of the season for a long time. I think if they drop their levels at all, he's going to go back and show them video after video of that. So the second series on Amazon will just be Jose showing them everything stuff um, for 10 shows or whatever it is. Spores, though, Grizz, uh, look like, have they got the money? They took out a big loan, stuff, stuff, Heiberg and, you know, uh, Doherty from, from Wolves and now it looks like a Regulon. Bale, they're, they're talking about this uh, screenier, isn't it, from Inter? And there's somebody else they're being linked with. 
is he just going all out now, Grizz? Is he just having a big go, one big go from Yo- Jose? And if it doesn't work, sure. Ah, listen, I'll take the big payoff come February and best of luck. I, I think I think they've done, apart from the bail, which is, I think is a, I think it's just a feel-good signing. I think they bought him just to feel good about themselves as a club. It's just sort of, you know, gives you a big boost when a, when an ex-legend comes back. But apart from that, I think they've done very clever and astute business. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the, the signing of Hoiberg in central midfield, Doherty, Regulian is an absolute spoiler of a left-back. Um, I think it's very good, very good business they've done. I don't think Spurs fans that I've spoken to should be so doom and gloom. I think very much like Arsenal, they're on their way up again. Of course, it's going to take time because the shambles that they were near the end of Pochettino's reign and at the start of Jose's. But they're coming back slowly, in my opinion. I think they're definitely a threat to sort of Man United and Chelsea for that top four place. Um, we know Jose's second season, wherever he is, is is his best. And that's records speak for themselves. You know, you can go and check his second season at every club he's been at. Even at United, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think he won a trophy at Man United in his second season, if I'm not mistaken. He won three um, of them, including the Charity Shield. Well, there you mm. go. Um, and we know the history of his other clubs uh, in the second season. This is second season at Spurs. I think Spurs are... Um, I mean, I know Southampton played into their hands last week. Absolute abysmal. But Southampton do want to want, do one of those once or twice a season. Do you remember when they lost to Leicester? Was it seven something or whatever it was? I think nine Spurs nil. are... Nine, nil. nine yeah. Wow. Mm. So Spurs... I think Spurs are okay. I don't think Spurs fans should be that down and out about it. Forget the way he's going to do it. Forget it. When you get Jose in your club... You're not looking to play football and you're not looking to bring in youngsters. You're there just for that two or three seasons to be as successful as you can or high up the table as you can. And that's what he's going to do. I think, um, you know, Newcastle, you know, it's a weird club. Suddenly they can put out a weight performance and you think, where did that come from? You know, they, they can be hard to beat. You know, Steve Bruce, when he tries to play football, it's sort of it's a problem for him. But you try to go and tell him to go and get a result for his club. Sometimes he can sort of turn his team into sort of these defensive monsters. So it's a tricky one, but I think Spurs, for me, Spurs just have that edge because of that feel-good vibes with Bale, with the last week result, you know, the signings, looking like they're going to improve their squad further. I think they'll have a bit too much for Southampton. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Uh, yeah, thank, thank God for that. Um, Turkish, we talk about, you know, Liverpool needing, they might need a player here and a player there. And, and we talk about Arsenal and, and what, a, you know, we spoke last night about how they've, 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 they've done well in defence and, and, and they've got attackers and they've a bit light in midfield, but they might make that happen. And we talk about Leeds and they've come up and they've been brave in the market and stuff like that. How fucking bad would it must have been to be a Newcastle United fan? Because... <clears throat> they have a great stadium, they have great fans, you know, they fill it every week, they travel every week, you know, 
all you know when in, in in normal circumstances they think they're going to become the richest club in the world during the summer only to find out that they're not and now they're scrapping around Steve Bruce is still standing on the sideline shouting stuff at players that he didn't even dream he'd have this season he just thought he was going to sign loads of lads how hard must it be for them because it must be soul destroying Listen, mate, for, for all the effing and blinding I do after games and, and the stress Arsenal put me through, I mean, I, I look at Newcastle and Newcastle fans to make myself feel better. And then, and that's in the nicest possible way. I mean, bad ownership is a big problem at my club. So I can only, I can only imagine what Newcastle fans have gone through with Mike Ashley and what's gone on for so long at that club. And like you said, it's not only this year that they was on the verge of a takeover. It's happened like two or three times over the last decade where it seems like it's around the corner and they're about to be free from the shackles, but they're not. You know, like you said, they've got the stadium, they've got the fan base, they've got the city for it. They've got all of the infrastructure and everything required to be a big club and to take that next step. Mm. But they haven't got the ownership and the ownership is the most important, you know, like we, we, we've discussed this many a time with how Liverpool have managed to get back into it in the last five years and with how Arsenal need to get back into it in the next five years. With Newcastle, uh, their fans, I, 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 it, it's a shame. It is a shame, you know, as, as, as a neutral, if I'm looking at it as a neutral and, and a football fan in general, it, that shouldn't be happening. You know, the people, no team should be getting exploited. Um, the, the way Newcastle are and the way many clubs are but Newcastle in particular so I think yeah I do feel sorry for them in a sense Joe you know Leeds went relegated from the Premier League in 2004 and they come back in 2020 and they come back with so much optimism you know again good stadium great fans who, who fill it every week they they you know they, they travel every week and they you know, there's huge optimism there about the squad that you have, the players you are capable of bringing in, your manager, everything is looks really good for Leeds. And then when you look at Newcastle, who I think have gone down twice in the, the, the mm. Premier League in that time and come back a fourth time of, at the fourth time of asking. And then you have a manager who just on a Friday decides he's changing the name of the stadium, you know, um, from St. James's Park to the Sports Direct Arena. You know, you have, a, you have an owner there that, He's, he's going to sell and you've seen bad owners Joe you know yeah. you've seen bad owners but when you see this fella and he sits around and you know he, he might turn up at a game and he couldn't turn up for a while because he fucking hate him and then you think it's all going to just change you know and the reason I'm asking you is because you've seen bad owners and then the day when a good owner comes it's like a big release you know it's 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 a weight off everyone's shoulders it must be it must be so hard for Newcastle fans to be going to games supporting. No, not hard for the, to support the club because it's the club they love, but to be going and giving your money to to, to this guy that doesn't seem to care, you know. And all he wants is that three hundred and fifty million quid to get away from them. And he thought he was away, and he was getting a bit over that, and and then this deal falls through. Where does the what I'm trying to ask you is where does this leave Newcastle? Because it's not even in a limbo anymore. They don't know if they're in limbo. They just. They just plod on, don't they? It must be. And as I said to, to, to Turkish, soul destroying is probably the word, but where did he look to go in this season? Because if they do well, Joe, right? He turned around and he went, I want 500 million now. You know, did, mm. did he actually look for success, Joe? Or did he look to, mm. let's get relegated and just get anybody? Let, let's just get anybody. Did he, did he look at that? And I'm serious when I say that. Yeah, I, d I think for me, Mike Ashley's n never wanted to sell the club. 
It's always these false dawns. I genuinely don't think he wants to to, to move it on, man. He, he like you say, it's his cash cow, you know. Um, at Leeds United, we've had some shocking owners, you know, ones that have been banned. You know, we had Chilino for a bit, um, Bates. You know, we've had we had a GFH that came in and were asking fanzines on uh, messaging and privately on Twitter on which players they think they should brought in uh, bring in and stuff. These are the kind of owners that we've wow. had, you know. Uh, genuinely, it's it's been crazy. Um, you know, a time under Chilino, they had cameras put up in the toilets because he was nipping. You know, there's there's um, oh, what's his face now? Anyway, there's um, uh, under the Kosh podcast, and uh, one of the players, David Norris, said you need to see Chilino within a certain period of the day because you knew you'd get what you'd asked for because he'd been in the toilets, man, genuinely. You know, these are the sort of people that were running our club before, you know, so it's so, I'm so grateful, like you said. Honestly, that's that's truth as well, which, which when you think of the League United and it being a big institution, you wouldn't think that these sort of people would manage to run football clubs, but that's the truth, man. They've got the money they can buy, they can do what they want, right? Um, but, you know, um, I think the, the, the big thing for me is... We, Rad Razani came in his first season, didn't really do well. And then they went all out and, and brought in a top-level coach like Bielsa, who has just changed the club from the bottom up, right? They had that in Rafa. They had yeah. that in Rafa Benitez, right? Mm. And uh, someone made a good point on another thing I did. When he had Rafa, he never gave him any money because he knew he had a coach that would keep him in the Premier League, Yeah. Yeah. He didn't really invest. Now he's got someone like Steve Bruce and he's going to pay 20 million for Callum Wilson and he's paying, you know, 15 or whatever for Jamal Lewis, all these other individuals, bringing in Ryan Fraser, etc. Because he knows he needs to spend in order to keep them in the division, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. with Rafa, he knew he didn't need to give him much because he, he's a top-level coach. And I, and I think that was the key thing in, in, in keeping Rafa, investing and moving on up the table because Newcastle are a huge club. Um, and it must be, like you say, it's, it's so frustrating for, for fans of football club when that's, that sort of stuff's going down. Um, but for me, I just don't, while you've got Steve Bruce in charge as well, I just don't see it going, getting any better. And I think if they do drop down, they, again, they'll just come straight back up and he's happy we're doing that. I don't know. I, honestly, it, it's just... It's not a limbo, Being through it? it myself, you know, being through it myself. We've been out of the Premier League for 16 years, you know, and, and, and having and going down to League One and having these sort of owners, I know what it what it feels like, you know. Um, it's just shy, in it? And he's a, he's a he's an idiot, isn't he, that Mike Ashley, to be fair. So <laughs> that's the truth behind it. The, the guy's a clown. Yeah, it's it's just, um, I just feel sorry for them. I really do. Grizz. Mm. Uh, it's a fair point that you know they had Rafa. They they could have they could have they didn't give him money. They just knew with his skills that he had, the skill set he had, and and the experience he had. With, with regardless of what squad he had, he keep them up, and he done so. Um, but when you look at Newcastle this season, I'm interested where you think they might finish, and I want you to start with the score predictions. I think they'll fin- I think they'll avoid relegation because of the players, the investment they you know they have brought in very good players. Uh, I think Callum Wilson will score the more goals than that lamppost I had up front last year. Was it Joe Linton, his name? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he, he should be outside a nightclub. He shouldn't be like on a football pitch. He should be just be checking people's IDs and shit. Because, you know, 
honestly, no, seriously, guys. Apart mm -hmm. from the Aston Villa, apart from the Aston Villa striker, <coughs> you've seen a worse striker than him. That Samata was just as bad, but Joel Linden was awful. And how much did they spend on him? I 18, I think. 18 what? on it. Wow. I think it might have been more, you know, Joe. No, I think Joe Linton was close to forty million pounds. Yeah, Joe it was more, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But Callum Wilson's done it. Callum Wilson's done it. It's a much more of a shrewd buy. He'll score enough goals, especially with Fraser once he settles down. I rate Saint Maxim. He's a he's a he's a skillful, nippy little player. They've got enough about them. A very shrewd signing in Jeff Jeff Hendricks, isn't it? His first name. Yeah, yeah. Another shrewd signing, you know, a little bit of a solid pro in there. Um, I think they've got enough about them to sort of finish anything between 12th and 14th, 16th, something like that. Um, with regards to the game, prediction, uh, who are they playing? Spurs away, Chris. Oh, yeah, that's the one. And well, I, you know, as I said, I think Spurs should have enough for them. Um, Newcastle can be stubborn away from home. It's funny enough they're not they're not brilliant at home. Away from home they can pick up the odd result, you know, because the way the way the manager thinks, Steve Bruce is automatically a defensive manager. Do you know what I mean? So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with two one Spurs. Okay, I'm gonna go with my favorite three one Spurs. Joe, what are you having? Yeah, I'll, I'll take three one. I think Spurs are on the crest of a wave now after the mm. last week, and. Uh, yeah, I think they'll win comfortably. I I think Newcastle could for the drop. By the way. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a fair few candidates around for that, I think, at the moment. Um, but I think a lot will be saved by the fact that Fulham and West Brom are in this division. But we'll have to wait and see. Tokish, mm. what are you having on this one? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think 3-1. I think, yeah, Tottenham will definitely have that too much for them. Son and Kane are on a bit of form as well in the mm. past week. Yeah, um, they have looked in, in great form. Son is just a fantastic footballer. Um, right, quick predictions before we get to our last two main games, okay? Um, Turkish, I'm going to give you these three games. You're going to give me three uh, results, and then I'm going to go around the table. So, yeah. here we go. City v Leicester. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, nice one. I like that. Uh, West Ham Wolves. 2-1 Wolves. Okay, and Fulham Villa. 2-1 Fulham. Okay, Joe. Uh, back to you, City Leicester. Uh, 2-1 City. Okay, West Ham Wolves. 2-0 Wolves. And Fulham Villa. 1-all. Okay, Grizz, City Leicester. 4-0 City. Mm -hmm. uh, West Ham v Wolves. 1-0 um, Wolves. Okay, and Fulham Villa. 1-0 Villa. Okay, I'm going to take 3-1 to City. I'm going to take 2-2 two, two West Ham Wolves. And I'm going to have 1-1 one, one Fulham Villa. Right, Leeds travel to Sheffield United um, this weekend. Sheffield United, of course, were in grey form up until uh, the lockdown in March. And then kind of fell away um, quite quite badly, I suppose, towards the back end of the season, the final nine or ten games. This season, they've started with a defeat to Wolves and a defeat to Villa. And they go into this game against Leeds where they really need a win. I think, I don't know how much they freshened it up, but they look like they're a little bit short of ideas. Leeds, of course, will come into the division Um could say they were a bit unfortunate at Anfield. Um, got past Fulham last week, 4-1 up, and just decided to stop playing, which was fair enough, um, and still managed to win. But, I'm going to leave Joe for a minute on this. Grizz, um, 
a big game for both, I think, because if Sheffield United go three defeats from three, you start asking questions, I think, a little bit, especially around the squad they have, although they'll sign Rian Brewster, that might help them, I think. And Leeds, and we we're talking, to, I was talking to Joe before you come on, and he was like 6.09, it'd be great. Big game for both, Chris, or does it just look, see what happens? Does, does plenty no, of time it's it's okay. massive. It's massive. It's it's all about sort of positive vibes. Whoever wins this sort of thinks um, more so Sheffield United. I mean, I just can't see where Sheffield United are going to score goals and hence why they're after Brewster and hopefully they put up the fee that takes him away. It's the opposite of Leeds in terms of Leeds can Leeds you can see scoring like near enough every other attack. But they look a bit shaky at the other end. Now, Sheffield United's problem is if you can't see them scoring... Usually they relied on their solidity at the back last season. They seem to have come a bit unstuck in terms of keeping clean sheets. Obviously, they've let Dean Henderson go back and sit on the bench at United, which is mad because uh, I think he's better than De Gea. But, you know, the the system that sort of everyone bigged up about Sheffield United seems to be have sort of been found out maybe. A lot of clubs are know, know how they play now. A lot of clubs are accustomed to their overlapping centre-backs and how they sort of get crosses in into their two strikers. It's very adventurous and brave on on paper, but it doesn't seem to, uh, you know, any goals for them. It doesn't... I, I, whenever I see Sheffield United, I'm thinking set-piece is going to be crucial. They need to score for a set-piece, you know, a corner or something like that. Load, the, You know, get their three centre-backs in there and that's their best chance because through open play, you know, they struggle. You know, they've brought in that Sander Burge last, last season. Decent player, good player, tall, athletic, but not very creative, you know. Um, so, you know, I think it's. I think this is the type of game that Leeds will sort of relish, in my opinion. I think, you know, they'll 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 think that they can go there. They, they, they is it at Sheffield United? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leeds will have the confidence, like knowing the thing with Leeds is, even though they lost that first game, they know after Liverpool, they know nothing, nothing worries them anymore. They know they can go to the best team in the country and play like that. They can do that anywhere. Um, I think it's a huge game for Sheffield United. They need three points, possibly more than Leeds because of the, the results in the first two games, being a home fixture and everything. I think it's I think it's going to be a cracking game. Do you know that? I think it's going to be end to end kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you want me to give you a prediction right now, I think yeah, go on. Be, I think I think that's my favourite two two. You know. Okay, yeah, you love it too, too. Turkish, um, I'm going to leave Joe hanging just a little bit longer before he, he tells us how amazing Leeds are going to be against so Sheffield United. at the bit. I know, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm doing that to you. I'm a bad bastard like that. Um, <laughs> Turkish, um, I think what you will, I think you might see a hectic game in this one because they both work extremely hard, these teams. You know, they're set up to work hard. Um, the managers insist on them working hard, you know, and... But I'll give my prediction before I tell you. I think Leeds win this because they'll both work hard, but I think Leeds have that bit more quality. And I, I see Leeds winning a 2-1. But is it a huge game, do you think, Turkish? Is it one of those where, you know, I know it's the totally game of the season, but you, you've seen teams just propel themselves from very on in the season. And listen, they can get to Christmas and they could be sitting fifth. And all right, they might fall off and finish eighth or ninth. Still turns into a fabulous season for Leeds. Um is it that big this early in the season or is it just it's another game we'll see how it goes but I, I still think a defeat for Sheffield United and questions might start to be asked yeah exactly that and that's why it is big I think I think three games in especially for Sheffield United two games no goals and and 
off the back of their performance last season, I think all eyes are on them in this fixture, which bodes well for Leeds. Um, I'm on, I admire Wilder a lot, you know, the way he approached the game and coming into the Premier League last season and, and bringing in something new, refreshing. You know, he hasn't got the best of quality in the team, but he's got a very good structure. He's very organised. He sets them up very well. Um, this is the first, in my opinion, challenge he's faced in the league mm. in terms of starting this season, two two losses. Um, and I do trust him to bounce back, whether it's against Leeds, I'm not sure, because obviously Bielsa, on the other hand, that's also someone I rate too, you know, especially on the tactical front, I think. And Bielsa, what he's done at Leeds so far and what I think he will continue doing at Leeds over the next few years. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah, you can only applaud it, you know. So I, I think it's a game. I think it's Wilder versus um, Bielsa tomorrow. You know, that's the way I look at it. But in my opinion, if I'm gonna stick my neck on the line and give a prediction, I think not that there are fans, but I think Sheffield United being at home might just edge it two-one. In my opinion, to them. Okay. They need it more. So, Joe. Talkers is that upsetting you greatly there, I see. Um and all we can and all we can do all we can do is apologize. Joe, listen, I I predicted Tottenham to win today, I predicted United to win today. I, I'm <laughs> the reverse psychology thing, let's hope and pray. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Joe, you know, your demand to ask this, is it a huge game for Leeds? Yeah, de- I, 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 yeah, definitely. Um just for the simple fact that I looked at the start of the season and seen the, the first three games that we had and I said, you know, if we can pick up six points from the first three, that'd be huge because our next two is City and Wolves at home. So they're going to be tough. Bit of a free hit like the Liverpool game. I think we might nick some points from one of them games. Um, but, you know, five games in, if we don't win tomorrow, we've got three points. Arguably, you could look at it like that. You know, if we were to lose mm. at Wolves and City, it's not the good start that people and the media would have us believe because we played well against Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? We have to get points on the board. Um, since Sheffield United, since the, the restart, they haven't been great. They fell off a bit of a cliff. They've come back this season. I know we're only two games in, but they haven't scored any goals. Um, John Egan is out after getting sent off as well against Villa. And he's a massive, massive miss for them in the centre. Um, he's good going for like from an attacking uh, set piece standpoint as well for them. So he's a he's a massive loss. If Phil Jagielka comes in there, I think the pace of the the, the attackers at Leeds get round Jagielka no bother. Um, in Sheffield United's promotion winning season, we went to their place one one nil. They came to our place one one and they won one nil. It was very tight and it was very much like Turkish said Bielsa up against Wilder. You know, Bielsa said a lot about Wilder in his uh, overlapping centre-backs and respects him a lot. He said he's tried to employ similar sort of football at previous clubs and it hasn't worked. And he's even come out in his press conference today saying he has learnt a lot from Wilder. So they've got a mutual respect there, to be fair. And, and like Turkish said, I, I really rate Wilder and, and the job that he's done, man. Um, I do think it is going to be tight. And, and, and I've seen a lot of people in the comments, people expect Leeds games to be... 4 3, three four, you know, all, all the time. It's not going to be like that. Liverpool's Liverpool, Fulham, we just dropped off. We're a bit silly. We, we were in control, you know, we were 4 1 up. You will see a, de- a better defensive display on Sunday from Leeds United. I think they'll nick it 1 0. Um, when Sheffield United went up, 
Chris Wilder did an interview on Sky Sports. He was a bit pissed up and he called um, Patrick Bamford a Muppet. He said that 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 Muppet Patrick Bamford talking about Leeds United, yada, yada. So I think Patrick Bamford's going to nick it for Leeds United and we're going to win 1-0 and, and further compound that. Because you know what the media's like. It'll come out with second season syndrome. Chef mm-hmm. United are going to go down. I don't think they'll go down. Chris Wilder will sort them out. They'll be totally fine. But I'll just revel in it if Leeds can get a win and be like, yeah, second season syndrome, they're going down. I mean, the last time we played Sheffield United was 1994 in the Premier League. I was yeah. six-year-old. I'm now 32 and I've got three kids. But so the that question tells you is, how long it's been. The question is, who, Derby, you know? who was Brian Dean playing for that day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been Leeds United, by me. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I think mm. Brian Dean scored the first ever goal in the Premier first, League, did he? First Premier League goal, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um mm. There's nothing like a fairy tale story to like being called a Muppet and then scoring the winner against the guy that called you a Muppet. I think it's it's amazing. And um, yeah, let's let's go. Uh, Patrick Bamford Ultras. Let's see how it happens. Um, you're nicking up. You're, you're saying Leeds nick up 1-0. Um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of scores in between us and, and the chat. That's kind of, it's 50-50 here, you know, and I, I think that shows that it's, it's quite a big game. I really do. Last game to look at, um, Liverpool v Arsenal, the Monday night game, um, 8pm at Anfield, so everyone can stay in the pub and watch injury time if necessary, um, thanks to the big, to the British government for that, which is amazing, um, but it's it's one of those where we've spoken about Sheffield United losing two from two, Leeds looking to, to, to push themselves and, and what's been a decent start to the season and keep it going, this one as we spoke about on the football terrace last night, it's two teams that have won the, both the first two games in similar fashions, I think. And it's one of those where it could be a statement from Arteta. It could be same old story from Liverpool um, when it comes to Monday night. And Joe, I'm going to stick with you because, you know, you're you're the only man that hasn't got a dog in this fight. Mm. What way do you see this one going? Because an Arsenal win for me and it gives them massive belief and if they make that one or two signings that they're looking to make in the next week could really put a pep in their step you know going forward between between now and even Christmas to get them give themselves a decent foundation to look at top four or whatever they're, they're trying to achieve for the season a win for Liverpool um, I don't think it has a huge effect on Arsenal in, in the negative because of where Arsenal are and what they're trying to do. And I don't think it's a game that they would have earmarked at the start of the season where we need to win that one if, if we're going to do anything. I think that's a fair thing. But I think if Liverpool win, I think it sends an, I think it also sends a statement to the rest of the league that listen, there's a couple of teams that are pretenders here to, to what we do and Liverpool win and they kind of start stamping that out fairly early on in this season. Would you agree? Yeah, I thought I said something along the line, you know, similar uh, earlier. I I want it to be a bit bit closer, but I see the signing of Thiago. I mean, how I mean, he broke a record, didn't he? In 45, 45 minutes for the most passes or something like that, yeah. seventy odd passes. You know, I just see the business that's been done um, at Liverpool. And if they were to win this game, which I think they will, I think it will be tight. I do rate. Ar- I think Arsenal will have a good season. I, I think they will get top, top four. And I think Arteta's done a brilliant job in such a short space of time, like sixty percent win percentage, two trophies. Not many managers could come in and do that in that short space of time. If you compare it with the likes of Lampard and Oli, because he's in that still infancy, like them shows what he's about. Um, but I just think Liverpool might have a little bit too much in this game. But like you say, Arsenal, as long as they perform well. Then they'll be fine, you know. I think they'll push top four, but um, I think Liverpool 
could start to run away with it again if they're comfortable in this one again, which is a bit disappointing because I want it to be a little bit close, closer knit, if I'm honest. But yeah, um, Liverpool to nick it tight, I think. And when you say tight, what well, give us your score? Go on. Go on, uh, 2 1. 2 1. 2 1. Okay, yeah. no worries. Uh, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Turkish go last on this as our Arsenal guest. Um, he gets all the information at him and then he gets really upset by people um, like Joe and now you when you predict the Liverpool win and then he can have a good go and he has a free run of it. Chris, Liverpool v Arsenal, what way do you think it's going to go? What way do you think Liverpool will approach this and what do you think will be the outcome? Yeah, do you know, their the record against us in the last it's, it's, it's obviously brought up quite often isn't it sort of the last two games and I think that's going to work against them I think I think we're going to be so focused for this game Gav and I was speaking to Turkish as well uh, uh, yesterday I think it was and, and I said you know it's it, we're going to give them respect and when we give teams respect it focuses us you know we're not going to be going there like we did when we were half drunk or you know, we're not going to be playing the charity shield where we sort of in that first half, we were just sort of, you know, treating it like a charity game and let them have charity, you know, gave them charity literally. But I think I think the performance of Arsenal in the last couple of games against us will have us really focused. And when I say us, I mean Jurgen Klopp more than most because he will have a bit of a beyond in his body about Arteta. People talking about Arteta's got the, the upper hand over Klopp, etc., etc. I think... Arsenal, as I said, just like Spurs, I think Arsenal are on the up. And the main reason they're on the up is because of this coach. And we talked about coaches, haven't we, today? We've talked about Lampard, we've talked about Ole, we've talked about uh, Wilder, Bielsa. Arteta is the new breed coach that knows what he wants from his team. He's nothing like Arsenal managers of recent times where they've sort of fallen into this Arsenal tradition type of way of playing. This geezer's torn up that tradition and just played the way he thinks with his players he needs to play to get results. And I think that's working for Arsenal for now. I know Arsenal, a lot of Arsenal fans, um, you know, including my son, you know, um, get frustrated with the, with the boring sort of slight negative tactics that they seem to have deployed, but it's working for them. And the rest of, the, the rest of his game plan and tactics will come when he gets these players, if he gets these players in. So I think tomorrow's going to, uh, Monday's going to be a very tactical affair. You know, I don't think we're going to go out there gung-ho and sort of blitz Arsenal like we used to do in the past and we were used to doing. A, the crowd factor will help Arsenal because Arsenal, we know, in recent history, can't play with a bit of pressure on them. You know, their legs start wobbling, they're gone mentally. And then obviously once mentally goes, physically goes, I think they're going to stay in it this time. I think because of the, the setup he has, and the way he uses his fullbacks, because he uses his fullbacks very cleverly. Even though it's a five, he, he brings them inside when they're out of possession. You know, Ainsley, uh, Maitland-Niles comes inside as a very tactical game, usually against Liverpool. So I think it's going to be like that, but I think we're going to be focused. And a dangerous, Liverpool-focused is dangerous. Um, I think we're going to keep a clean sheet, and that's what's going to sort of win us the game, in effect, because we know we're going to score. We know we can score up the other end. But it's that controlling Aubameyang on the break, likes of Saka, Lacazette. We do that. I think we're going to win 2 0. But it's not going to be comfortable, comfortable. I think it's going to be a very tight, sort of close, close knit game with us getting the lead and then maybe one, one at the end as well. But I think it's set up for a tactical battle on Monday. And it's not often you say that when you play Arsenal. 
because tactics or no tactics, you know we're going to blitz them. You know we're going to smash them. It's not. Now it's going to be a very tactical, and we're going to have to be on our A game to win that, and I think mm. we will be. Okay, so you're going with 2-0 Liverpool? 2-0, 2-0 Liverpool. Okay, I disagree. I don't think we keep a clean sheet. Um, I think... I think the way Arsenal set up, I think they will score. Um, Aubameyang is just in the form of his life. And people are saying, no, he's not. He's scored loads of goals everywhere. But I think what I'm, the form of his life, what I mean by is he's taken over like a leadership role at Arsenal. And he's taken on a big responsibility at Arsenal. And he's coming up with the goods at the same time. Lacazette, I think, will start to benefit from that. Because he doesn't, Lacazette doesn't like, I don't think Lacazette likes to be the main man. I think he likes to be this, not a support striker in a positional sense, but a support, he's a support actor to, to, to Aubameyang. And I think that's absolutely fine. Um, uh, Nathan Miles, is it Nathan Miles or Maitland Niles? Maitland Niles, isn't it? Whatever I said, it's the opposite. Of course it is. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think he's come on very well. I like Tierney. Um, I've liked the look of Gabriel. Saliba looks good. You know, I'm a bit iffy on, on, on Bellerin. That's just me. I think they are a bit light in midfield. And I think Turkish will agree with me in a minute about that, but they're looking to rectify that, which is great. The thing with Arteta and, and, and Klopp and always oh, beating them this and that, and that he has. He's beaten them in a league game. There's no doubt about it. The Charity Shield, don't ever pay any attention to the Charity Shield. It means fuck all. But, this is another media-driven thing. And he done it last week with Lampard, where it was a big thing about, oh, Lampard, and, and, and he, does he have Klopp's number? And and now it's Arteta's go. And next week, it'll be someone else's go. Arsenal need to step away from that. You don't want to get involved in that. You need to keep their eye on the prize. You need to have tunnel vision. Put a set of blinkers on and, and, and go that way. Uh, this game, though, I think you're, I think Ridge are right. I think Liverpool always do come out and try blitz Arsenal. And they don't usually handle it. I think this will be a lot more tactically... Um, fought out simply because I think Arteta thinks the game better than previous Arsenal managers have gone to um, Anfield and of course the, the whole you know no people in the ground atmosphere stuff will play its part I think I have 3-1 to Liverpool but I think it'll be a 3-1 where Liverpool only secure a late on I think it'll be a very very good game I think Arsenal come out with a lot of credit and I'm, I'm going to stick with 3-1 but having said that, I don't think it will do Arsenal any damage whatsoever in what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve for the season. Now, Turkish, we've lashed Arsenal over for 10 to 12 minutes. Um, I've let you sit there. Um, there's no steam coming out of your ears, which is a, it's, it's, it's a promising sign. But what way do you see this one going? Uh, listen, I'm tired of you arrogant Liverpool fans. You think you can come around? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yes, I'm, I, was uh, hoping, <laughs> I was hoping he was going to continue that. <laughs> you, you brought the wrong Arsenal fan on if you want me to be. I know, yeah. That. To be honest, the scores the score sound pretty accurate to me. But the way I see it is we're going to have to do what we're going to have to do on Monday. And, and by that, it, it means, in a sense, similar tactics to Chelsea where we're going to have to drop off a bit. But in my opinion, the difference is we know where we are and Arteta knows where we are. Arteta was asked in the press conference whether Arsenal can challenge this season for a title or be up there. And he dismissed it straight away. He said, no, six points out of six is it is what it is. But this project is far greater than just this next season, you know. And, and I think that humility in comparison to Lampard, who in his press conference came out and said, I'm not here to bring it through youth academy players. I'm here to win titles off the back of a 200 million window. I can understand why Gav looks at that performance last week and Chris looks at that performance last week. And, and 
and gets on to Chelsea because it's not on. But with Arsenal, I know we're going to have to do similar. We're going to have to soak up a hell of a lot of pressure and take our chances. And I know Liverpool will give us one or two chances in that game. And if Oppa's at the end of one of them, then the potential for us to score is far greater. And Gav makes a good point with Lacquer. I do agree. I think Lacquer doesn't like being the main man in terms of... um, in the first 11, but what Lacquer is very good at, and he has been since he's got here, is scoring in big games, scoring against the big teams. Liverpool, Man City, um, Tottenham, United, Napoli. He scored against many um, of the big teams we've played. So Lacazette will definitely be one to look out for too. Like I said, Liverpool will give us a couple of chances because you, you will be so dominant. You will be pressing so much. On the counter, I do see us breaking free a couple of times. The lineup will be interesting. Um, William had a great debut, but a quiet second game. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs against um, Liverpool. But that's nothing new for you guys. You guys know William. You've played him for the last seven years. Um, so I'm sure you'll deal with that threat. Where on the other hand, you lot have Thiago. We have never dealt with that. Well, we have dealt with that threat before in the Champions League. And I'm sure you all remember how that went for us over two legs against Bayern Munich. But um, the Thiago signing is, is an amazing signing for the price. And in terms of the fit at Liverpool, if there was one way you could improve Liverpool this summer, it would have been a central midfielder. If there was one central midfielder you could pick to improve the side, Thiago would be up there in the top three at the very minimum. So I, I think now that the, the emphasis might not be as much on the wing backs and on the wings as, as it was um, in the last couple of years. And they can start working through the middle, which is a, which is a massive asset to the Arsenal, um, no pun intended. Um, so if I'm going to go for a prediction, I'm a realist and I know where we are at the moment and I think Liverpool will win. I think it will be a tight game, 2-1. Um, the one thing we cannot afford is to get smoked because if we get smoked, the perception it gives is back to square one. And it's happened before at Arsenal where we put a run together, we're at the back of a 5-1 loss to Liverpool or a 4 or a 6-3 to Man City, and it just goes back to square one, that life is sucked out of everything again. So hopefully we don't crumble, and I'm just going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool win. Okay, that's a very fair analysis. Um, I think we all have Liverpool down for a win, but you never know come Monday night. It looks like a very exciting weekend of Premier League football, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some cracking toys cracking toys in there as the weekend progresses. And of course, the way they've staggered it, you get to see nearly all of them if you just want to sit around and watch them. There's not, I don't think there's any clashes in times, is there? Um, and I don't know how long that goes on for, but I, I think it's really good. And it might be something to look into even when we get um, teams back in stadiums it may be something to look at and then they just go nah listen they're all at 3 o'clock fuck off um, so it might be one of those as well well listen um, it's been an absolute pleasure um, just before thanks. just before oh yeah because yeah. I'm late and so I, I quite have oh you want your extra 8 minutes now thank you no no just one minute can't, okay. can't let can't let Turkish go without uh, giving my son a big up because he's a massive fan of Arsenal but he seems like he's a bigger fan of Turkish than Arsenal I don't get it man I don't know what it is. So, a little shout out to Big IK. He would love that Turkish man. And tell him Big IK. Oh, was he in the chat? Yeah. That's the one, you know. He's oh, big so that. Come on. Exactly. So, you need to tell him to concentrate on his studies and pass those How old exams. Is he? he's, he's 15. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Big IK, big up yourself. But 100% focus on the studies. Like, your, dad's, your dad's right. Like, regardless of whatever else you want to do, focus on studies. Get that underneath your belt and 
do what you need to do. But Chris, we, we don't need to do this on here. You could just call me and we'll yeah, go on yeah, FaceTime and I'll talk to him in person, man. We'll do it. Yeah, but you know, he likes the limelight like his dad, you know. Yeah, so, like, nah. You understand? He's in the same direction. He's getting in the right I'm, I'm learning from you as well, Chris. So I like, <laughs> like, like, like you too. No, man. Thank you. And appreciate you two coming on. Joe's obviously a regular now. And uh, Turkish, yeah, hopefully, as well, you're going to be a regular soon. Thank you very much for coming on. Gav, no sorry, worries, that's me done. You're, are you sure? Is there any other family members you'd like to have a shout out to or yeah. anything like that? No. There's about, there's about 16 text messages, but we'll take it. We'll, we'll save it for another day. You know? Okay. Well, if, if if your family, if you want to give your family my number, they can send through their messages for I next got, week. You know, you, you've, and, got, you've got my family's number, man. You do I know, yeah. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll go and do your wolf for you next week, no problem. Um, but no, listen, um, it's been a brilliant, I can't believe what's just gone on there, it's just amazing. Um, but it's been a brilliant show, I'd like to thank Turkish. Turkish, where can they find you online, Instagram, Twitter, give it a shout out there. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, it's Turkish LDN, so LDN stands for London, so Turkish LDN, and yeah, same on YouTube. Okay, go people go and follow and subscribe and do all that stuff because if I've learned anything from the last two days talking to this man, he talks an awful lot of sense when it comes to football. And um Appreciate yeah, he's it. well he's well, well worth a watch. Uh Joe, where can we find you? Yeah, just head over to All Leads TV YouTube channel. We're almost at eighteen thousand subscribers. So the amount of people that are watching this, if you head over, hit subscribe, then we'll probably get there tonight. So do there me a go. solid and do that now. <laughs> yeah, well, there you Thank go. You, That's a small request from Joe for giving up an hour and 15 minutes of, of his time tonight, an hour and seven minutes of Grizz's time, an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes of me, myself, and Turkish time. Um, Grizz, where can we find you online? Or where uh, is there an email address we can contact you on if um, we have any inquiries? No, leave me alone, man. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, it's <laughs> I love Grizz so much. He's my favorite person in the whole world. And um, people probably don't believe that, but genuinely, he's my favorite person in the whole world and um, that has been the friday forecast it's been amazing it's been great we will talk to you again on sunday night with the fat pack four we will be back on monday with some instagram stuff before the game and of course reaction afterwards with the with the forum podcast and of course listen when we get to that stage we let you know what's going on for the rest of the week and um, don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe add to all the channels that have been mentioned tonight follow them on twitter and um, look it's football we like talking about it over and out Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.